This is Rudy Holland. I am the founder of PRH Ministries, and we're beginning a series of podcasts uh, just to share with you uh, from the Word of God, words of encouragement, and hopefully some words of inspiration will help you as you as you live your Christian life, or maybe if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, through something that is said uh, on the podcast, you'd come to know him as your, as your personal Savior. But today, this is a, the first podcast. I want to take a few moments and sort of just introduce myself and let's get to know each other. We plan to have these podcasts on twice a week, and so you can look for them. They'll be on Facebook, of course, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to some Bible studies. As a matter of fact, uh, I think our first series will be a series uh, from the book of Philippians. And we'll begin that uh, next week, and will not be an exposition, but there'll be just a commentary on the, on the text and lifting some, hopefully, some nuggets of truth that will help us in our Christian lives and uh, help us to have a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus. For those of you who do not know me, I am a retired pastor. I pastored 54 years. I was an evangelist for three, and I've been traveling now for some seven years, six, seven years, since 2014. Um, And just doing itinerant speaking. But shortly after I retired, I also affiliated with an organization, National Center for Life and Liberty, uh, NCLL. It's founded by founded by uh, Baby Gibbs III, an attorney, and that ministry is a ministry of legal assistance and help uh, to churches, helping to protect our religious liberties and helping us to maximize our ministries with minimum risk. And so I do travel and, and uh, represent them. I am the ministerial representative of that ministry. However, my ministry also is always includes the preaching, the teaching of the Word of God. I do um, revival meetings. Um, I do missions conferences. I speak just on Sundays. Uh, and so I do... A variety of things as far as ministering, but always centered around biblical truth and the teaching and the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I was born in um, a little town in eastern North Carolina, Kenley, North Carolina, right on 95, Interstate 95, and I grew up in, uh, in a Christian home. My mother and dad were saved and and love the Lord, serve the Lord, and as we grew, as I grew up in the in the Eastern North Carolina, uh, I was actually uh, we, we actually attended a Free Will Baptist Church, and good good preachers, good men of God, and my dad got a job in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we wound up moving there when I was about twelve years of old, twelve years of age, and. Um, looking for a Free Will Baptist Church in that area, and there were none, not a single Free Will Baptist. And so we were invited to attend a, a church that was um, had just recently been organized and was growing, had a young pastor, and that young pastor was uh, Jerry Falwell. 
as we began to attend the Thomas Road Baptist Church, and right after they had moved into their first building, purchased building, the old Donald Duck Bottling Company building, and my mom and dad became very, very active, and so did my two sisters. However, I was the black sheep. I, uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I went to church because I was made to go, but I didn't know the Lord until one Thursday night. My mom and encouraged me, and matter, matter of fact, she pled with me to go to hear this evangelist from from Texas. That Thursday night on April first, nineteen sixty-five, I attended a a revival meeting, and uh, there, Lester Roloff was the speaker. I invited the Lord Jesus into my life. I had my life sort of well planned out. I, I thought I knew exactly what I was going to do with all my life. I was involved in restaurant work. I worked at the Holiday Inn, Archie's Lobster and Beef House on Oddfellows Road in, in Lynchburg, and I really thought that was going to be my, my vocation the rest of my life was doing restaurant work. However, my pastor, Dr. Falwell, asked me if I would consider going to a a Bible college for just a year and getting grounded in the Word and, and then choose whatever vocation I, I wanted to. Well, he recommended I go to Tennessee Temple, and sure enough, I enrolled in Tennessee Temple and and uh, wound up going there some five years, and a lot of uh, very exciting things happened during those five years. For, I guess one of the most exciting things was I met... Um, the young lady who was to become my wife, Doris Davis. And we married, we finished college, and then Dr. Falwell encouraged me to return to Virginia and uh, start a church. And so we, expecting our first child, moved uh, to back to Lynchburg and, for, and I commuted, uh, commuted to Roanoke for uh, a couple, three months until we could find somewhere to live. And we actually started a church, and we there stayed for 19 years. Our, uh, our babies were born there. And, uh, and then I, I left there and went into evangelism for a short while, then pastored in uh, Uniontown, Pennsylvania for uh, about three years, and then in, in uh, Napa, California for four years, and then finished up in Sanford, North Carolina for uh, my last 16 years of ministry, and then retired and and I uh, have been been traveling uh, and speaking um, ever since then. When I was, um, after I retired, I, um, I started doing a daily devotion on, uh, on Facebook. And several people have asked me, well, why, why don't you do a podcast? Well, I, uh, I really didn't, didn't even know what a podcast was, to be honest with you. I'm uh, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to to media and things of that nature. But after much encouragement, I uh, I began to investigate it, and I um, I have a, a dear friend. He's an associate of the church that I belong to, Sam Elliott, who said, "Well, I can I can help you with that." So here I am sitting in Sam Elliott's office, and I'm um, doing doing a podcast. Not even too sure what it is, but I'm doing one anyway, and hopefully the the Lord will use it. How I went up back in Richmond, my wife, Doris, who I had met at Tennessee Temple, and I wound up moving to Florida after I, uh, I retired from the pastorate. And then uh, 
some two and a half, three years ago, nearly three, she, she passed away. And in the course of my preaching in churches, the pastor at Heritage Baptist in Richmond, um, Dr. Darren Jackson, is um, a dear friend, and I was speaking for him and met his secretary, Terry Pollard. And about a, oh, nearly a year now, not quite, a year ago, uh, we married, and I relocated to, to Richmond. So that sort of gives you a little bit of the background of, of my life and how I came to where I am and, uh, today and what I'm doing today. I travel every weekend. I speak in churches all over the country. I uh, just give you just sort of a, an idea. In, in August, I plan to be in, in California and at least for two Sundays, possibly three. Uh, I'm in New York, um, uh, outside of Rochester, uh, the month before in July. And um, next, in two weeks, I'll be in Indiana, and I just came back from Florida. So that kind of gives you an idea. I, uh, I, I stay busy. For our Bible thought for today, though, I want to call your attention to the very first verse that... Um, that God gave me that, that him, other than the, the verses that were used to, uh, to lead me to Christ, the very first verse sort of on my own that impacted my life. Give you a little background on how it, it came into my life. The night I got saved was a Thursday night. And after trusting the Lord as my Savior, I went home. And being raised in a Christian home, the Bible was a part of our family. Prayer was always uh, a part of our, our life as a family, even though I, I didn't see much, uh, much benefit to any of it, but at that time or prior to my salvation. So I had a Bible, and I began to look at it, and I knew a little bit about it, but I, I came across a verse, and I don't know why I was so impressed with the verse that night, but I was, and I, I read it, and then I read it over uh, several times, and I marked it. I put a piece of paper in my Bible so I could find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. I read it so often, and it became so much a part of my, my spiritual life uh, that I guess you could say it's my, my life verse. If I sign your Bible, I write 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 under my name. In my years of pastoring and all the correspondence I've done, uh, always under my name is First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. Little did I know what kind of impact that verse would have in my life. I'm going to read the verse to you, and I could quote it, but I want to read it so I get every word exactly right. And I want you to listen to what the Word of God has to say. Paul wrote, there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But with it, the temptation also make a way of escape, that you might be able to bear it. My life had some ups and downs. Not only ministerial ups and downs in ministries and churches, but in my personal life. My wife and I had two children. Our son had a brain tumor at age seven and was left mentally and physically challenged, multiple seizures every day that he lived. 
my wife went back to college, got her, her uh, nursing degree, and we kept him in our home for some 25 years, nearly 26. He died in, in uh, 2004. And so living through that, this verse became very, very real to me. Because sometimes, you know, you feel like, well, I'm going through all these problems and nobody else seems to be going through all that I go through. And then you read what Paul said. He said, always remember, there's no temptation, no trial that's taken you, but such as is common to man. You see, I, don't, I can't see you and I don't know you, but I know something about you. You see, you've either been through a trial, a temptation, a hurt, a failure. You're going through one right now, or you'll face one if Jesus tarries is coming. And I, little, I had no way of knowing how real this verse would become to me. But then I, I read on in the verse, and it says, But, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But with every temptation, make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Isn't it a wonderful thought to think that no matter what comes into my life, that God's never going to allow me to have to bear the burden alone? And because he is there to bear the burden with us, the burden, the temptation, the trial becomes bearable. And then the other thing in the verse is you never know how God's going to use that trial, that tribulation, that failure even in your life to bring about a good result in the future. I've had to hold on to that verse. I am um, now up in years. A friend of mine said that I was in, I told a friend of mine rather, I was in the fourth quarter of my ministry. He said, no, I think you might be in overtime. <laughs> and I guess maybe I am. But whatever the case, I can tell you this, no matter what comes my way, I know there's other people who've walked the same road. Maybe not exactly, but they have had their trials, their tribulations. I know that, that God is going to be faithful in the midst of all, whatever I go through. And I know whatever I go through, that God's going to make a way for me to be able to bear it, to get through it, and to learn from it. So today, on my very first podcast from PRH Ministries and uh, from Rudy Holland, from me to you, I say, hey, God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. What you're going through, everybody goes going through something. I had a dear friend used to have a radio broadcast, and he'd always close it out by saying, be good to everybody, because everybody's having a hard time. So today, meditate on 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and tune in again for the next podcast. May God bless you. Have a great day.